Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Always in Pursuit podcast. We want to welcome you guys back. Uh, we are here and excited to be with you guys. My name is Aaron, and uh, we are joined today by Megan. Good morning. And Pastor Mark. How's it going, guys? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We got a fun conversation today, and uh, you know, I think we'll just kind of jump right in. We have been talking uh, on Sundays uh, for the last five weeks about how about Sabbath and how Sabbath is really mm-hmm. counter uh, our culture here in the United States. Um, a lot of us have kind of grown up in these rhythms where we define rest as a certain set of things. Um, we don't see rest as restorative, and we certainly don't necessarily connect it to like our faith and a relationship with God. When actually, Sabbath and rest and restoration are some very core themes to who God is and, and yeah. the gospel and things like that. So, Mark, why don't you kind of walk us through the sermon this past weekend and get us started? Yeah, it's almost like in from a cultural perspective, before I start really talking about the sermon, we like jam all of our rest into like one little zone. Like we like, <laughs> we like save it up and then try to like uh, binge on it like it's a Netflix show. Well, I, yeah. I mean, speaking of Netflix, we even think of like Netflix as rest. Like, yeah. yeah you right. know, like, <laughs> Actually, it was really funny. We were watching a show and it was like, I don't know, it was like six episodes of something. And, you know, we got to the end of it. And we were like, oh. Man, now what are we gonna watch? Like when the kids go to bed, like we we generally watch like an hour of something after the kids go to bed, yeah. and generally I'll fall asleep during it anyways. And Marty will give me a recap at the end of it to like fill me in. Um, and it we was Tiger like, King too, wasn't it? No, no, it was Jack Reacher. So it's pretty great. I don't know. I mean, if you're not into like the violence and the language and stuff, I totally understand. But and the naked man, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a weird. There's one. There's one tough scene which. Uh, but anyways, so we're, we get to the end of that, and we're like, "What are we gonna watch now? We don't have like, I mean, there's a million things, but like, we're making decisions kind of hard. But but I think like we we binge our rest, so we like go like six weeks of like really hard work, and then we try to take like a week of vacation, mm-hmm. and like that's great. Taking a week of vacation is great. You know, you can grow closer in your relationships. Like I recommend doing that. But also, you should be resting on a weekly basis and then resting on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the thought process here for the whole uh, sermon series. And I was, it was interesting what Bjorn said last week because he was saying, you know, I talked to people about this and most of the people say, yeah, there's no way we could do that. Mm. You know, they have this like philosophy, like, like mm-hmm. that's unattainable for us it's to too take much going on. Yeah. How, yeah. how am I going to take a whole day off? <laughs> and they think of all the conflicts that'll come up mm-hmm. and they like just, they just get rid of the idea to begin with, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why this is countercultural mm-hmm. because if you decide to do this, you're going to be living in a way that's completely opposite of yep. what the world tells you is appropriate. It's work. You have to be intentional. It's work. It's work. <laughs> it's so funny, too, how this, these themes and this conversation, I think, happens in culture outside of religion. Uh, I heard from someone, uh, and I've heard this before, like, there are companies out there that are working some of these concepts into, like, benefits packages. So I heard from someone that, their company every quarter gives them eight hours of burnout time. And so like do the simple math. It's basically your company saying like, here's two days a year if you're getting burnt out. And my response to that is like, thank you for two days <laughs> a year. That's not <laughs> do you know what anything? I mean? Like yeah. throw me a bone and give me like a day, a quarter maybe like that's yeah. not that much time. Like I think it's, I think it was Sweden that just started going to a four-day work week 
and yeah. six hour days instead of eight. So like knocking that down, that right. work week down. Moving which to is, Sweden. It's an interesting well, thought. And I was like mad. This just recently happened. Uh, I guess I won't say the name of the company, although if you know my wife, you know where she works. But um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. yeah, Presbyterian Homes. I mean, I won't say I won't out them. Uh, their policy is you have to be sick for three days and out of work before you can use any of your sick time. Yeah. Right. So you have to use PTO, regular PTO time, and they give you extra sick time on top of that. But you can't use it until day four of a sickness. Hmm. And I was like, they've just incentivized no one to ever take a day off because they're sick. And also, like, that feels like a really bad idea during, like, a a pandemic uh, that's still winding down. Mm -hmm. And, like, so you have people, like, struggling on their way in because they know I got to use my PTO for the stuff I've already Uh planned for. Or if they have a kid who's sick and is at home, now they can't use a a Mm -hmm. sick day. They have to use a PTO day. And also, Marty's never gotten to use one. She's been there, like, two and a half years. She's never used a sick day. I'm like, has anyone in their HR department considered, like, how dumb this rule is? Well, (laughs) it just kind of gets to, like, how companies maybe, like, in their HR departments are feeling some sort of pressure to address these things. But, like, the way they address it is almost counter it's like backwards it's well, counterintuitive I'm, I'm sure they had people use all their sick days every year and probably at the worst times and probably times when they weren't sick mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they took a mental health day yeah and you know what like your hr department should go great we want everyone to take all the time that we've yeah. given them yeah. every single year like don't go over it but take it all but yeah. boy if you had those two burnout days <laughs> <laughs> so it's that's one of the interesting uh you know if i can step back and talk about being a boss for a second One of the interesting things that I've had to think about with HR, given that we now have five employees and four part-time employees, it's like the one thing that I can give to people is flexibility. And I don't even, I try not to even count. I mean, I'm sure we're keeping track of that somewhere, but like, I don't care. Like if somebody needs time off, they get it. And if somebody's sick, don't come in, you know? And it's like, if somebody needs, like, like we get through a tough season, you know, this is what happened at Christmas time for Natalie. I'm like, we scheduled a worship leader for the first weekend of the year on purpose, knowing mm-hmm. that she would be like, you know, pretty mm-hmm. burned out after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so like doing things like that is kind of fun. Cause you know, you get to try to like take uh, care of the people around you. And also like we force each other to take our vacations. Like we don't, mm-hmm. we don't carry over time from year to year. We use time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's like, I don't even care how much you t- take, like take it. I'm sure there's a rule about how much you're supposed to get. I don't care about any of that. Like I can give you flexibility. You're part time yeah. like unless it's country. three weeks right before fall kickoff, then that's not. Or and we you said still yes. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron decided. But it was also like for don't all, ever do that again. Aaron decided to leave for all of August. I mean, it was maybe not the best time to be gone. <laughs> there are times of the year where you should you know, right. be yeah. more present. It won't. It won't. But happen. you had family reunions. It wasn't stuff that you chose to do. You yeah. were, you need to go to. Mm-hmm. So it's fine. Special circumstances. Yeah. But I mean, it's fun to be a boss and to think about rhythm differently and take care of people mm-hmm. you know it's like we're gonna get our work done get your work done yeah and we're gonna you know try to say yes to everything if yeah. we can well it's been really fun to try and create the atmosphere here that we haven't had elsewhere I, like yeah. <laughs> or maybe we've had little pieces of it yep. in different yeah. jobs but like um there there have been so many things where it's like well every experience i've had around this has been terrible in the past so that's right. mm-hmm. i don't want to do it like that right so how can we do it better? Yeah. I also think the workplace is shifting. This would be a whole other conversation. But <laughs> with millennials and Z, like I think the workplace needs a shift. 
Um, and some of you probably rolling your eyes at that comment because you're like, you know, I had to do all this crap. They should have to do all this crap. And it's like, well, you know, maybe, maybe boomers and X because they pretty much just want the approval of boomers. Maybe they didn't give us a great example of what it meant to have work-life balance. Mm. I mean, it's it's a pretty safe assumption that anytime there's an issue, you just point at Gen X and be like, <laughs> you guys start off really fun and carefree, and now you're just kind of a pain in the butt. Like, No, I, I think these are some of the things that I think COVID helped highlight for the better, like helping realize people can actually work from home. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I have worked from home in the past, and you have to be good about it. Like you have to set yourself good boundaries and create space and, yeah. and all that. But like, that's why I don't do it. Or <laughs> I mean, you it. can work remotely. Maybe Fair. it's a coffee shop. Yes, right. Um, I, and such a hard time. Working there around. are some meetings that could just be an email. They don't need to be a zoom call. Like, sure. mm-hmm. I think we're, we're realizing some of these things and I think the work atmosphere is, is evolving a little bit and realizing that people can be remote and you can still, yeah, I think that's a huge silver lining to the pandemic is it's, you know, forced all of us to rethink what actually is important when it comes to like being present in person. And then it's also like forced us to be like, yeah, I need to have a little bit more balance and things Mm -hmm. like that too. And if you're going to do it Jesus's way, it's going to be very Mm countercultural. It's going to mean that you have some time in your day where you're connecting with Christ and a 24 hour period a week that you protect and try to rest in. Mm -hmm. And then it means that you're going to be regularly, you know, one of the sermons I didn't really get to in this uh, would have been that the Jews took regular times to have festivals where they took off a week or two here or there, and it Mm -hmm. was like in regular intervals throughout the year. And they were always focused, like they were celebrating a specific thing. They were celebrating Mm -hmm. liberation from slavery. They were celebrating, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Passover, you know, like, so... I mean, we do that too. Like we celebrate Groundhog's Day and we have... <laughs> we have American versions of this yeah. and we have Christian versions of this, yeah. like with Christmas and yeah. I guess Easter really doesn't... It's not as much of a season. Yeah. But yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, the July 4th seems to be like a huge one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of spring break time. Yes. There's usually a summer vacation sure. in there. But like... Stay fair. How many of us are... Ugh. Yeah, we probably do this with Christmas... But how many of us are taking that extra time to yep. do something spiritual? To be intentional yes. spiritually. Yep. Which is what was beautiful about what the Jews were doing. Yep. Their regular yeah. stuff was like remembering the most important things. Mm-hmm. Which I think Thanksgiving, you can get there easily. Christmas, you can get there easily. New Year's, probably don't. July 4th, probably don't. I mean, we don't really want to mix, uh, you know, nationalism and Christianity anyways. No, don't do that. It was a tough one. <laughs> so, don't, don't you know, do that. just make that just a national holiday, not yeah. a, you know, yeah. not a Christian one. So, uh, I do think that there's more there to be talked about from a regular celebration perspective. But mm-hmm. this week's sermon was really mostly focused on the idea that like there are, and, and I did come at it from the perspective that there are two types of people. Uh, there are rule followers and there are contextual Rule followers, if I'm going to be like as generous as possible. If you need examples of this, I'm a rule follower. Right. Mark is the other one. Yes. So I'm I'm the contextual rule follower that always gets caught. So <laughs> I'm right in the middle. That's right. We were talking about this the, the no turn on red sign at the Little Canada exit off 35E. If you haven't ever pulled off there, you're not missing much. There's a... A new caribou there. Uh, there's a, that steakhouse. steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's where I get off to take my kids to school. I go down the frontage road, 
and there's like six entrances to the intersection at that. There's two lights right next to each other. It's a very confusing intersection. I understand why the no turn red sign is there. No turn red because there's a couple times a day where you can create more traffic by turning and create a dangerous situation. But there are also times a day where the entire intersection is completely empty. And those times may line up with when I'm dropping my kids off at school. And I may be running late. This is a completely hypothetical situation. And I may have to have the uh-huh. completely. I may have to have, make the choice whether I enter the intersection and continue on to take my kids to school or I wait four minutes while it goes through six different lights um, to allow, allow me to do something that was completely safe the entire time, right? So there's rule followers because Megan would wait and not go because that's what the sign says. Correct. And then there's people like me who would wait most of the time, but then sometimes would go, well, I'm not hurting anyone. And and I, also, I'm not saying why. If I got pulled over and the cop asked me, why'd you do that? I'd be like, because I'm running late and I want to get my kids to school and, and there's, there's no, one no cars yeah. in the... And so I deserve a ticket, and that's fine. You can give me one. Like, I would just, you know, own up to it. And it's, then there's people like Aaron. <laughs> who, in 2007, was at that intersection. <laughs> Maybe the first time I was in that intersection, I totally saw the sign, and I totally turned right on the red. <laughs> and I even, like, looked, like, craned my neck, was looking for a cop, and didn't see anyone. The intersection was empty. I turned, and this, my car wasn't even fully in the intersection, and there were chairs behind me. <laughs> and, and he was, like, not a nice cop. He was very upset with me, yeah. and it was not a cheap ticket. I thought, like, in my head, I was like, oh, it's just turn right on stoplight. Like, moving violation, it won't be as much as, like, a speeding ticket. No, it was, like, several hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> Did you learn your lesson? Well, yeah, because I never turned on – I'm not at that intersection often, but, yeah. like, whenever I'm there, I never turn. I'm like, I am going to wait. And if I'm in, lo- a, like, a line of cars and there's several in front of me, I'm like, oh, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. He's going to like materialize out of somewhere and get you. Like, And it's it, almost always like on my way to the house board shop or something like that. Christians are so <laughs> bad at breaking rules. Like we always get in trouble. I've been talking to my <laughs> nephew Mason about this, about, you know, our actions have consequences. He's six. We've been, this is what we've been talking about. And he, he would say, that was your consequence. God got me. It's true. So there's some of us who would be rule followers all the time. And then some of us who would be contextual rule followers. And I'd probably turn there two or three times. If I'm not in a rush, I don't. If there's any traffic at all, I don't. You know, it's like only in the perfect situation would I even consider it. And sometimes I have, and I'm lucky to not have gotten a ticket. <laughs> um, but understanding why the rule exists, I think, is the point. Like, I, I will generally want to know why, why, that, why they're asking me to do that. And it makes perfect sense to me because there's times where you can't calculate all the possibilities of six intersections coming together or whatever, six entrances to an intersection coming together. Um, and then there's other times where it's a ghost town and there's no possibility of anything bad happening. You'll be the only one in the intersection for the two and a half seconds that it takes to turn. Um, so when it comes to the rules for Sabbath, I've had a couple people ask me questions like, am I doing this right? Mm. And uh, what does this, what is this supposed to look like? And, you answer the question. Well, what people want is, here's a set of rules. Yeah. And what is frustrating about this conversation is that there really isn't a set of rules. There's a set of guidelines. Yeah. There's a set of principles, yeah. right? You have to understand why God gave us this gift and why he wants us to practice it mm-hmm. and what the point of it was to make the value decisions on how to mm-hmm. to celebrate this or how to do it. Yeah. I think people want an equation. A plus B 
right. equals C every time in any weather in any circumstance. But it's just not that simple. <laughs> I mean, I kind of was thinking that, you know, there's like this wives tale around like McDonald's coffee and how like the reason it says caution hot coffee on the cup is because at some point there was a lawsuit someone burned themselves and you know probably won and now McDonald's has to put that warning on their cup it's similar to like rules of sabbath like we don't necessarily know why they're that way but the assumption we can make is that god put those rules in place for our benefit like to protect us to help us you know yep. to steer us back to well and the jesus way it should be. jesus straight up broke the rules often the rules mm-hmm. that the Jews had and pretty much looked them in the face and was like, what you going to do about what it? What just happened? Did anything, did I get struck down dead? <laughs> yeah. Like, do you think God's upset about this? Like, I think yeah. you guys are missing the forest for the trees here. Yep. Yeah. So I think anytime you get dogmatic, yes, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why did God do this? What was his purpose? What was the point of it? Right. So then, you know, we kind of launched into the conversation about that. And I think I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking through s- at least one of these specifically, but so we started with the idea that Sabbath is a gift for you, mm-hmm. and that principle guides mm-hmm. us. You have to step back and say, uh, I do not exist to serve the Sabbath. The Sabbath is here to provide restoration for me. Mm-hmm. This is what God intended for it to be. The second idea was to pick a day and prepare for it. That if you, for instance, if you pick Sunday, but you don't do any of the chores on Saturday, you don't go to the grocery store, you yep. don't get the running around town done, you don't, you know, whatever schedule mm-hmm. stuff to be done on Saturday, then... You're not going to enjoy your Sabbath on Sunday because you're going to have all this undone stuff and you're going, yep. to, you're going to have anxiety around getting things done before the week. And so it's like almost like preparing for Sabbath allows you to fully enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So taking the time to do that and then keeping a 24-hour day. So like even if you have a weird schedule that jumps around, if you want to do this well, you kind of need to keep it in a seven-day interval and you need to keep a specific day as your as your Sabbath, because otherwise it ends up moving around. You end up getting, you know, two weeks between Sabbaths. Mm-hmm. You end up not doing it. You're out of the rhythm of it, and then it's gone. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and then you find yourself fighting to get it back in your rhythm. The third one was uh, be accountable. The idea that like we go through seasons where we're going to do less Sabbath than others, and I even talked about our rhythm. You know, we don't we have less Sabbath probably during September, less during December, less mm-hmm. during April when we have Easter. But we have more. We have more time to do it in the summertime and more time to do it in the in-between seasons and how we often talk about like taking care of ourselves in those times. We maybe even cancel meetings or we maybe even mm-hmm. give everybody a week off. We close the office for a whole week. Yep. We like force people to like take a little bit more Sabbath during those times to like – and that's accountability, having people say, mm-hmm. hey, you know, and there's times like – let's just say you're going to be a doctor and you, you need to do residency. There's, you're going to have three years where you don't have any Sabbath. Like, that's just going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be working so hard. And at the end of that, somebody needs to tell you, like, hey, it's time to power down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's time to get into a rhythm that makes sense. Like, you can't just go and go and go mm-hmm. and go and go. Yeah. You're going to die. You know, you're going to burn yourself out. So having accountability is really important. Um, and then that's where I thought we could maybe focus a little bit, because I think this is a big aha for a lot of people, is focus on restoration and worship. And I think sometimes we need to even redefine worship to really understand hmm. um, how to worship correctly or how to not correctly is a terrible word to say, but like how to worship well for each individual, mm-hmm. how to come up with ways to connect with God that, cause I yeah. think a lot of people think worship is 
probably just singing or praying or going to church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's maybe like singing stuff on KTIS or having KTIS on in yep. the background while we do stuff in the garage. Um, not what I'm saying. Not what worship yep. is. That's a part. It's corporate worship and going to church. Prayer is obviously a piece of worship. Singing is a part of worship. But uh, that's to understand how you were created, the gifts you were given, the passions that you have, mm-hmm. and how God made you will help you find ways to worship that are outside of that normal thought when we say the word worship. Mm-hmm. So, is that making sense? Yep. Yeah. So we talked about a whole bunch of different types of people, and I, I kind of like challenge you to find the kind that you are, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I can talk a little bit about enthusiasts because that's me. And these <laughs> are this is from a book... Um, by Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. These are nine. I'm, somebody could argue that there are more. These are the nine that he looked there at. There are definitely more. Um, yes. So this is not an exhaustive list. No. Yeah, by any I means. think the the tenth one that is often missed is the hungerist, and so it's like someone who eats Sabbath through food. Yeah. <laughs> Again, our sixth, sixth I mean, value. <laughs> can it be food around other people? There's community. I'll, I'll, I'll argue that one for you. I, I'm a solo food foodist. <laughs> well, that's solo John Mark Homer in his book. He talks about um, making sure that you do slow food on Sabbath. Like that you... Pizza? No, no, no. Oh. Like you do slow food. So you you cook. You mm. spend time like making a great meal. Like he, he talks about mm. his wife really loves to do that. So she'll yeah. mm-hmm. make, you know, make a sauce or make a stew yeah. or have meat yeah. that's like in the crock pot. Smoking or, something. Yeah, right. Smoking something for all those like, you know, uh, middle-aged dads out there who oh could gosh. use their smoker. Yes. So. <laughs> Grill some stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. Do some slow food. Yeah. Right. Not fast food. We have food. to put a little care into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And take care of it. Go slow. Yep. Relax. While you're cooking it, hopefully you're enjoying yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Think you know, about what God provided for you. Yeah. Um, before you jump in here, Mark, I just had two quick thoughts. Yeah, go for um, it. One of the things that has really stuck out to me in this series, and I don't know why my mind keeps going here, but I keep thinking about like how I typically have defined rest. And I feel like there's this really strong tie to like the notion of vacation. And... Most of the time, and Jess knows this because we talk about this, most of the time we actually take vacations, like go somewhere. I come back more tired, <laughs> more burnt out yep. than I was before I left. And and part of that's just because we have kids and so much of what we do when we travel is centered around kids and kids' activities. And those things are just naturally exhausting. exhausting. Yeah. Like, it's still fun. I had a great yeah. time, yeah. but I'm just tired. Yeah. So I'm trying, like, one of the things that I'm being impacted by through this series and really thinking critically about Sabbath for me and for our family is I don't want to be tired when we do something fun, you know? So it's trying to find ways to be restorative in that sense. And then the other thing, and this kind of goes back to what you were saying a few minutes ago, I heard a sermon once, it was a pastor talking about Sabbath. And one of the things that he talked about that I thought was really interesting was he even said, like, look at how God designed our bodies. Like, we have built-in Sabbath on a 24-hour cycle where we sleep. And we don't just sleep because it feels good and we like it. We sleep because our bodies need it mm-hmm. to, like, clear out toxins, to heal, so our mind can, like, reset and be prepared for the coming day. Like, we have Sabbath built into our DNA and our biology. So why is this such a hard concept when right. it comes to just life in general? Like, we should just look at how our days go. Like, we get up, we're alive, we do stuff, we get tired, we go home, we sleep for hopefully eight to 10 hours, like, you know, so, so when we're having this part of the conversation, talking about the different ways that we worship and 
and, and things like that. Like, I think it's just a really important thing to remember that we're not just saying this as like another activity, a spiritual activity that can draw us closer to God. It, it does and it can, but it's getting back to like God's original intent for how we are to operate mm-hmm. in this context. Yeah. So that's good. I had that written down somewhere in my notes and making any of my, my sermons should have. That's a great yeah. point. Well, I think just to speak to your first point there, we're tired after vacations. I two reasons just popped in my head right away. Um, one, cause we don't take them enough. And so we try and compact so much rest into yeah. a four day period. Um, two, because we're not resting the right ways individually. Like yes. yeah. you have vacation time. And so you're focused on your kids having a good time. Um, I don't know about you. I think we're kind of similar in this. That's not restful for me. Like running around doing kids activities at a park. Like I want to be like sat somewhere with a book. We're already talking about Disney for 2023. And I'm like, just kill me now. Like, Um, but yeah, so that's the like rub is like you take a vacation as a family of four. It's like a grandparent thing. And now all of a sudden (laughs) you're, you're actually going to take the kids. Like, no, like we'd be going with like Jess's sister and her family uh, and like her parents. But it's like, I'm like, I'll do a couple rides, but like, just find me a bench. Like, <laughs> I'll be home base. I will hold the bags. My parents took us, and I remember later on. Uh, I feel like I was like maybe ten or eleven. I think my parents later on. I asked them about that trip. I was like, you know, you took us to to Disney. It seemed like it was so expensive, and they're like, yes, it was very expensive. We paid that off over a long period of time. <laughs> I was like, okay. Then I asked Marty. I was like, so did your parents ever take you to Disney? And she was like. No. I was like, oh, your parents didn't love you. That's the big joke in our house now that <laughs> your parents didn't love you. Well, and my parents didn't love me either, Marty. It, I haven't gone. It turns out her parents were just like smart with their money. Right. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't want to take on all that debt. My niece and nephew are, have been asking me, when do we get to go di- to Disney? Because some of their friends have gone. And the yeah. answer is not yet. No. The smart answer is, all right, let's go. Disney Plus. So... And what's funny now is my parents live in uh, Fort Myers, so yeah. they've actually talked about like yeah. now they have money to be able to do whatever they you know they were like hey we could take you guys to Disney, that's I'm cool with that like if I'm getting the the grandparents treatment yeah we're, we're, I can go again be get Mark a power chair second time yeah give me like <laughs> so as we look at these nine se- pathways segue. let's keep in mind I mean we're trying to build in that rhythm so that we're resting more often. So that we don't like try and gorge all of our rest all at once. Um, And these nine pathways, I think, will help us be more specific in our rest so that it's actually restorative to us. Yep. Yeah. And I I, I like to break down your Sabbath into three areas to think about. One is just rest. Just Mm -hmm. stop doing stuff for some period of time. Sit somewhere. Sleep in. Yeah. Take a nap. Yes. Take a nap. Like do something that's restful. Do something that's worshipful. Right. So like a lot of people go to church on and of course, that's part of the Shabbat for the Jewish. uh, uh, The Jewish focus is, you know, Friday night, you know, big Shabbat meal. Mm -hmm. Saturday, go to go to synagogue together. Um, Their rules are, you know, even now, like currently, like Mm -hmm. turn off all communications, do absolutely no work, can't drive anywhere. They walk, you know, and they can only walk so far. There's a lot of rules that they follow for Shabbat, but. It includes going to synagogue mm-hmm. on Saturday. Um, and then the last one is is more – I don't exactly have a word for it, but it's almost like what you would do to be productive on Sabbath. <laughs> like, so it's like the kinds of things that bring you restoration yep. that, are, that are work in some way. It could be work for someone, but it might not be work for yeah. you. 
the rest, the restorative activities yeah. that you come up with to do on Sabbath. So you have rest, you have worship, and you have restorative activities. Yeah. I think that like that, what feeds you, yes. like that 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 heart passion that just like gives you life, or you know, right. So by the way, which one of those did the Vikings fall into for most people? Because I had somebody ask me this: Can I watch football on Sabbath? And I said, you know, for me, like watching football is restful. Like I'm generally sitting there relaxed. I'm like, if something big happens, I'm kind of excited about it, but I'm, yeah. I'm chill. However, if you're throwing things across the room and <laughs> F bombs and yeah. uh, somebody told me they have to ride a, they have to, cause they have, they're looking, they're watching their fantasy football on one, you know, on one screen and they got the football game up and the, he's like, uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, I have to actually ride an exercise bike while I'm watching the Vikings or while I'm watching football, because the, the energy that I have is just too much. And I'm oh. like, that does not sound like Sabbath to me at no, all. No, it doesn't Sorry, sound bro. like rest. If anything, it sounds like idolatry, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe worship? I don't know. Like, That's another <laughs> podcast. Um, I wonder if he'll listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, to me, it's like, it's, you know, is it a restorative activity? Is it rest? Is it worship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those would be the three things. Yep. So let's talk about worship. Yep. Because it's more than just singing and more than just praying and more than just being at church. All Correct. those things are great. If you could do all those three things, that'd be awesome. But also, like, what other ways do we worship? And I think it depends a lot on how you were, you know, how you were designed and what your passions are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we give, here's nine possibilities for you. So think about who you are as we start talking about this. Uh, enthusiasts, okay? These are people who love to go and be... Uh, in worship, these are the ones that don't have to warm up. When we start singing, they're uh-huh. singing at the top of their lungs. They're the ones that are throwing the hands around. Um, you know, uh, I, I pulled down this uh, video clip of, uh, I think it's Tim Hawkins. Is that right? He's like a Christian comedian. Yeah. Talking about the different ways that you put your hands up in worship. Um, he's like, you know, hold, yeah. the t- hold the TV. This is this is for people who are, um, <laughs> actually, I don't even think they could see it. He's like, and then he's like, he's like, uh gives like a name to each one yeah. of the like positions yeah, yeah. or whatever field goal <laughs> yes the field goal <laughs> um the hail mary yep uh-huh. um which is a little too that's a little too close but this is somebody who <laughs> worship and celebration are words that appeal to them mm-hmm. they're excited about it they desire inspiration and they want to feel close to god when they are like inspired so like mm-hmm. corporate worship is a really big deal for somebody who's an enthusiast. Yep. Most enthusiasts are probably making sure they get to church mm-hmm. and are there for the entire worship, like yep. the, the music part of the yep. service. Um, I did have somebody tell me church is a bunch of, bunch of crap. Like you just, you know, you do all these songs to get an emotional response out of people. And then the pastor stands up there and he, you know, just says like what his pet stuff is. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like it's a cynical, bro. Yeah, he's not an enthusiast. I can tell you that. And <laughs> like, there's no emotional manipulation going on there. Like, it's not. I can 100 percent tell you. Like, yeah. as someone who designs worship services, I've never considered emotional manipulation when I'm designing a worship service. So, yeah. and also we preach through passages. I'm not doing my pet stuff. Like the passage tells us what to preach. Sorry, man. Like, you should probably be sending this to that dude. I, yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Let's, yeah, people respond out of pain sometimes, and yep. whatever. So, so enthusiasts, I mean, get get yourself to church. Like, you're probably going to be a little bit depressed on your yeah. Sabbath if you're not going to find yourself in corporate worship at some yep. point. So, um, naturalists, these are my people. Oh, me. You want to do this one? Sure. Um, these are people who experience God out in nature. 
um, and just feel closest to him when they're around his crea- creation. Um, some of my favorite times have been either in a deer stand at like four in the morning mm. um, or sitting out Mark in a is duck shaking blind. his head. <laughs> um, and just like watching creation come to life around me, go for a hike. Um, it's just, yeah, just sitting in the woods quiet after it has snowed and just like listening to everything come to life as the sun comes up is just incredible. Mm-hmm. I will go deer hunting just for that. And if I don't touch my, my gun all day, that's okay. Sure. Um, I'm happy to sit in a stand and be quiet and just have some time with Jesus. Mark hates most of that idea. I know, but <laughs> this is me. Listen, so I like flat walks <laughs> around lakes in the woods <laughs> I feel stuff yeah. when I'm in nature. Yeah. I did camp for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just not the deer I mean, if I stood part. in front of the Grand Canyon, I would certainly feel something, like some yeah. sort of awe. I'm not like dead inside. No, I'm not. <laughs> not what I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, I'm out in nature. I'm yeah. inside. It's all the same to me. Yeah. It's great. So for those of you who this um, is how you experience God or, or a way that you feel close to him, yeah. uh, go for a walk. Grab your coffee in the morning and watch the sun come up if you're up in the morning anyways. Um, thinking with moms with little kids who might already be awake at 4.30 in the morning um, and it's not enjoyable, grab a cup of coffee, feed baby, watch the sun come up. Like, just have a little peace there. Um, or watch the sun go down if you're a night person. Go out and look at the stars at night. Um, probably drive out of the cities to do that to see them best but yeah if you're an avid indoor enthusiast like mark then i mean i like everything i, know, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I mean there's been times in my life where i spent more time outside and really felt like that was a way to connect with yeah. god yeah. and other times where i was like i can't really walk my feet are broken i yeah. don't really want to go outside yeah so i i i think i i'm very much a naturalist but i also think and i'm learning this i think i'm also a sensate as well hit us with it oh um Sensates appreciate beauty, art, and music. So this is probably why you would call me bougie. I um, love that for you. Okay, yeah, I love it for me too. <laughs> uh, you feel closest to God when listening to music, working with your hands, or viewing art or photography. Um, I was, you know, I've kind of also had this thought too. Like, you when build I, too. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, like, great. when I think about like life giving activities, mm. I enjoy building things, working yeah. on things, like. Yeah. It's part of the reason why I spent all of last summer at my in-laws house building a retain wall is because not only is it like hard work and there were times where I kind of loathed it slightly, but I also like, I have this weird thing where I'm like, I kind of like this. I, you know, you get tired, you go home and those are the nights when you feel like you have the best night's sleep. You know, there's just something that brings me life Mm -hmm. to be able to create things to like have an idea in my head of what I want, like a shed to look like and I build it and then it's like, great, that turned out better than what I imagined it. And so it's not only an appreciation for the aesthetic of it, it's also like using my hands and creating something like that too. So this says, you understand your role as an artist in pointing to God. I would say for me, it's not so much being an artist, it's being a builder, like to Mm -hmm. build something. Being creative in your daily life is But also you made that cross that we put up, which Mm -hmm. is gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, people are like, where'd that come? That's awesome. Like, oh, yeah, Aaron made that. Like, I can't make anything like that. Like, this yeah. is amazing. Out of wood that he bought at Home Depot. Like, <laughs> so the cheapest great. whip off. Yeah, you crushed it, man. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, uh, I will never do this, but write your own worship song. Yeah. 
So I think like it, there's probably like multiple types of people that can be in this category. Oh yeah, I want to know be... what an Aaron written worship song would entail. Like I just think that would be so fascinating. Think of like the most rudimentary song, just be like Mary had a little lamb, and then put new lyrics to it. That would probably be my worship song. Jesus. <laughs> Wasn't that? I've heard, what, what I've heard like, Macy do this. Uh, my oh. nephew does this all the time too. 100%. Like they'll just pick some random tune they've heard from something oh, yeah. and yeah. start singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, yeah, what genre would your worship song be in? Like nineties uh, uh, rock? No, probably nineties hip hop. Yeah, yeah. Nineties hip hop. So we need that. We need one of those. But yeah, these are the people who want to create. They want to make something with their hands. We have so many creative people at Pursuit. One, whether it's two. Three into the four. Hear that knocking? It's Jesus at the door. Oh, yes. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> All right. Uh, but I think, like, it's it's not just art. The sensei. What is happening? Hold on. Hold on. This requires I, the... Uh, don't do it. Please don't. <laughs> oh, The Academy appreciates your work there. Please don't. <laughs> All right. They told me don't use the sound panel because people <laughs> leave podcasts when people start getting uh silly. I'm about to leave this yeah, podcast sorry. because that no. What were you saying? Sorry. No, I, I just I think to like it's important to differentiate and understand that it's not just like artistic people, like musicians yeah. Yeah, and yeah. artists. It's yeah. also people who are creative in all areas. Right. People who work with their hands, build yep. things like that too. So All right. Next one is also me. This is definitely one that I I uh I feel, you know, so if you're this one, as an activist, you want to be part of a social or evangelical cause or evangelistic cause. You feel close to God taking faith risks and you see growing dependence on him while striving for justice and against evil. Um, and some of the recommendations are discover why justice matters, incorporate talking about Jesus into your activism. Absolutely. I mean, for me, uh, doing activities for people in need and serving the cause of justice on behalf of Jesus and his kingdom is the kind of thing that yep. brings, fires you up. yeah, brings uh, restoration to my soul. And I think there are never times where I feel better about being a pastor or better about our church than after where we've just finished an activity where we've done something that has improved the lives of some people yeah. uh, in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I think that one's a pretty clear one. And by the way, this one would kind of go against Sabbath in some ways because people would mm-hmm. say, well, you're out there working. And yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes it's like you're saying, you could do physical labor, but yeah. it's but it's bringing you restoration. You know what I mean? Yeah. To feel like you're caring for people or serving the cause of justice or uh, filling someone's need on, in behalf, on behalf of yeah. Jesus. And I, I'll even go further than this, like, Personal evangelism for me is one of these things that, mm. like, I take the risk all the time. I'm always asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate who to talk to, what to say. Um, I'm one of those weirdos that offers to pray for people in public just randomly. Um, I kind of have a – I learned this a long time ago. I'm trying to think of who it was that modeled this for me. There was definitely somebody. But this idea of, like, if I'm having a conversation and connecting with somebody to just ask, hey, what's, like, something I could pray for you about – and then generally people will be like, what? And then they'll kind of like answer the question. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess like my, my my uncle's having surgery, you know, or like, hey, my grandma's in the hospital right now. Or like sometimes it's personal. Um, and then to do it right then. Yeah. To say, hey, well, is it okay if I just pray for you right now? Yeah. Hey, Craig, can, Craig Speck. 
Spray who did it? No, definitely not Greg Spray. I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the guy who Chad, oh boy, what's his name? He runs Come and Live, which is um, like a music production uh, deal where worked with a lot of a lot of Christian bands and stuff. Yeah. Just somebody I spent a little bit of time around. But anyway, it's just this idea that like there's ministry happening out there all over the place. And there's this like when you walk away from praying for somebody, mm-hmm. you've just communicated to them, and I do communicate it in the moment, like that you value prayer and, and Christ, that you think they're worth paying attention to, that you that they have value to God. Like those are all things that you get to affirm to that person in that moment. They think you're crazy. You know, but sometimes <laughs> they can think you're that's crazy. what breaks through the monotony <laughs> yeah, yeah, of every single sure. day. So yeah. Chad Johnson. Yes. There, sorry. There you go. Not, o- not Ocho Cinco. Guy's amazing. Yeah. I spent like, I spent yeah. like literally like a day with him and I was like, I got to change everything I do about my life. Yeah. I so. thought maybe it was the love does guy, the author. Who was that? Is that Bob Goff? Yes. I, yeah. I don't know anything about he, Bob Goff. He's, he gives hugs. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. So I just go around and we'll do that. To me, yeah. that's activism. Yep. Yep. It fits into that. Yeah. That's one of the ways I work. And in this, yeah. I see I see pastors in this. I see missionaries in this. Um, so I think, yeah. It, but let's not limit it. No, 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 no. A lot of times people are like, I don't that's just that. for the crazy like professional Christian. Nope. nope. <laughs> As I Aaron don't loves that. to bring up. We are professional Christians. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, all, all right. right. Next one. Traditionalists. Traditionalists are drawn to God through ritual, symbol, and sacrifice. You need something tangible to do to draw close to God. Um, The recommendations are make prayer a priority. Find ways to incorporate traditions and rituals into your life. And learn about traditions and rituals in the Bible. And develop new Christian habits. Oh, Mark. Come on, dude. Mark is gagging across the table. Um, But I think... So I grew up in a traditional Baptist church, but a lot of like, I, we didn't do a lot of, oh, what's the word you know I'm trying this to think is? of? This is Bobby. Yeah. She yeah, a lot of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, liturgy. And yes, like liturgy. That. Yeah. That's what I'm she trying really to think of. She really appreciates all that stuff. Um, and I, I have a heart, I have a spot in my heart for that. You know, having right. worked in several different denominations that are, you know, in many ways very different. I've had some really awesome moments where like you can incorporate some of those traditional things or liturgy or whatever uh-huh. it yep. is and it can you know be very fruitful spiritually. Yeah. And I'm definitely uh I've often thrown out the baby with the bathwater for sure. And having <laughs> yeah. Bobby around has really like yep. challenged us to think more like even when we were doing Christmas, yeah. mm-hmm. we were talking about advent season and doing the candles yeah, and having like a rhythm advent. to it. And, you know, she was advocating for that stuff and it was like, yeah, you know, Christmas season needs to feel a little bit traditional. This is good. This is going to help people worship. You know, this is going to connect people to something deeper. Yep. Mm-hmm. There is a desire to connect yourself to the historical church, like to not just be on an island in this age, but yeah. to connect to something that's like way bigger than you. Yep. So, yeah. And I think it's not that way. I kind of get it. It's not like connecting to like old traditions or liturgies or what you know whatever those things are it's also like saying you can create new traditions you can yep. create new christian mm-hmm. habits yep. yep i worked at a church for 4 plus years where i had to wear the black robe and you know the the stole and the vestments and all those things 
I ain't never doing that ever again. It's real sweaty <laughs> under there, just so you know. <laughs> oh, man. Because it's not like you can have like a pair of board shorts on underneath or something. It's like you're wearing like your normal clothes, and then you're essentially wearing like a ski suit while you're up on stage. It's no fun. I can't. <laughs> I can't with this. Can you imagine him in that? Yeah. It'd just be I'm amazing. really hard not to. Did you have like a Flavor Flav uh, pendant that came no. down? Like that's what I would do. No. I, I mean. But yeah, I think it's, yeah. you know. As Only we, half of our audience laughed at that because as we look who's at flavor flav, like why we do things, I think that's helping us understand. Like some of these traditions, they can go by the wayside. We do them, you know what? Because somebody told us to. Can I, yeah, can I be real specific about that? like any tradition from like the nineties or eighties can go by the wayside. <laughs> from like the eighteen nineties and eighteen eighties, those yeah. ones are yeah, the yeah. good ones. We'll keep those. Like, yeah, even like older than that, we'll keep those. So you don't want to put like the Christian flag next to the American flag no. up on stage, yeah, or, or shout to the Lord key change. I mean, <laughs> that gives me all the feels. I'm gonna be honest, all the feels. But it's I was okay to really put it away. Really great at that key change. It's okay to put it away. It's all right. Shout we are not all Darlene, whatever her name is, Sandy Patty. Yeah, no, it was Darlene. Darlene Check. Yeah. yeah. So. All right, the next one. Mark, do you want to do this one? Uh, yeah. Caregivers. Sorry. Yeah, caregivers. Um, also not me. Um, you love God best by loving people. You feel close to God uh, when serving the poor, hosting people in your home, and helping with a church event. Actually, probably is a little bit me. I was the just the caregiver say. word is kind of like throwing yeah. throwing me off a little bit. Um, and then so the questions about it are the like um, recommendations. How can you love by faith? Ask yourself how you can serve someone today. Study what the Bible has to say about the Christian and good deeds. Actually, you could study history about what Christians and good deeds mm. how kind of like study the plagues and what Christians did during the plagues yeah. and how Christians were medical treatment options for most of the centuries before we had real medicine, uh, how they educated people when, you know, during well, times I mean, when that was not a thing. Our academic institutions and like our hospital, yep. you know, medical institutions, those were all born out of Christian. Yep. Groups. Even our medical yeah. symbols, the serpent with the, or the staff with the serpent wrapped around it is a mm-hmm. medical symbol, but it's it comes yeah. straight out of the Bible. And the barber one, the like, twirl, I'm just joking. That's well, not, a, that's not Christian. One. Well, and also like if you see the red <laughs> cross, right? The red yeah. cross yeah. is like, is a. Yeah, it's a. It's not a. Doesn't look like a cross exactly. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have the longer side yeah. to it. But that's just a, a symbol that came out of uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you're a caregiver, you're looking to care for other people or love other people. You're probably the one who's like, so and so's having a hard time. Like I got everything I need to make drop off a. Yep. A hot dish of some sort. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, serving the poor, hosting people in your home. I feel like that's a. Something that you can really enjoy on Sabbath. Yep. Have people over, cook that slow food. Yep. Enjoy an amazing meal. Open up a bottle of wine. Create Sabbath for them without yeah. them even knowing. Yep. Right? Create a, a relaxing, incredible atmosphere in your home. I mean, that's like there's a hosting thing there that brings you joy to have people yep. over, you know? And I think uh, Marty and I are, I don't know, probably not exactly on the same page as far as like how much anxiety she may feel having people come over how much anxiety I may feel, but we both determined that we want to use our home yeah. and have people over and yeah. in it. And we've filled it all the time. And I think what we've done as we've gotten older, is just gotten more comfortable with uh, things being the way they are mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. not having to like, 
Yep. Like clean like your mother in law's coming. Yep. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Like it's just it's yep. just good. It's not your good. House has lived this in house this house is okay. filthy. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah. It's fine, you know, but yeah. but it's more like we also don't want it to be a drag when people come over that like yeah. we had to work for two yeah. days to get everything ready. Yeah. yeah. I have a friend who I think would just be overjoyed to seven days a week have like yeah. a different family in yeah. her house for the whole evening. Mm-hmm. Like to cook for them yep. and just provide space for them to like feel like they belong and and that may not be everybody's thing. That's not my thing. Yeah. Having somebody in my house seven days a week would drive me nuts. Um, but yeah, that's it's really cool. And you can see those people. You're like yeah. the first one to jump in when somebody needs something or or yeah. to host Well, that was part of Bjorn's rhythm, as he was talking about last week. Like they have somebody over almost every weekend yeah. for Shabbat dinner, yeah. right? That's what mm-hmm. they're calling it. So, yeah. yeah. We had a really great conversation yesterday, too, as a staff about uh, not so, like not being caregivers, but just caring for people, yeah. and it's something that I think our church has done really well. But we want to try and find ways to do more, you know. Yeah. And so, a uh, little foreshadowing: keep an ear or eye out for that <laughs> as well in the yeah. coming weeks. We're gonna work on our prayer care team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're gonna uh, kind of create more of a organic way of seeking out people who need prayer, connecting with people on, yeah. during services, and. Yeah, but exciting in that it's like it's already something that we do well. Yeah, I would say it's a strength, but it's like we recognize that just because it's a strength doesn't mean we don't need to like think about it. Like we I also always think do more. It's easy for it to be a strength because of the size we're at now. Mm-hmm. And if we mm-hmm. got to three hundred or three fifty or whatever is in our future, it just gets harder and harder. Mm-hmm. So having those like those I don't know, sort of planned out pathways yeah. mm-hmm. in place. Uh will make the difference yeah next oh done next yeah. one intellectuals this is totally not me whatever <laughs> you love this one uh no you experience god best with your m- mind oh it, it is me yes totally <laughs> just realized that you love to study and have a need to learn new things about god uh i love to teach you know as someone who went to seminary but did not quite finish <laughs> i love to tease the like academic, like spiritualists who think they're just smarter than you and know everything. They know scripture backwards. I affectionately call them the beard strokers because they just think they're so smart. <laughs> Come on, yeah. But I like. I think maybe a better way of thinking about this is not being like an ab- academic. It's more of being like someone who loves to learn yeah. and wants to go deeper in their faith, and that is restful. It mm-hmm. it provides you like more bandwidth it's not stressful it's not it doesn't take up energy it gives you energy if that makes sense yes there's a lot of people out there that want to keep the conversation this is the same conversation i have with my friend who was like the church is emotional and you're just manipulating (laughs) people and the pastor is saying what he wants to say and everybody falls behind the pastor and the pastor is and it's like okay i don't know man but um yeah He's like, I, I just like reading and like watching stuff and like learning things and like having deep conversations. And I was like, yeah, but in one weird situation, you're you're sort of insulating yourself from community and you're also allowing that intellectual pursuit mm-hmm. to be like the only thing. So you're only mm-hmm. basically engaging your brain, enlarging your your knowledge and your knowledge is way outpacing your obedience. Mm-hmm. And actually, you probably aren't don't need to go find a church that's giving you all the deep theology. You probably right. just need to learn how to apply mm. the basic theology before you get to all that deep stuff. That's a word. There's a danger 
in being just a thinker. Mm -hmm. However, there's a lot of people out there reading a great book, Mm -hmm. thinking about things that are deep, having conversations with people. And there's a lot of that theology that they're going to learn that's really, really, really useful and necessary. Well, and to that point, I think any of these that we're talking about, if you just silo it and focus on being a naturalist or an intellectual, that can be a bad thing. These are all meant to like be restful. It's important to recognize those things and connect them to your faith, but it's not the thing. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Yeah, there's a danger, right, on a spectrum. So I think, it, you know, if you're an intellectual, it means like embrace being a learner and then seeking out those things that you want to study, that you want to grow deeper in. Pick a book of the Bible to study deeply, you yeah. know, find different study methods, you know, gather a group of friends, whether it's, you know, outside the context of a small group, create a small group, you know, discuss that book or, you know, about talk about God and the gospels, you know, different things like that. Or just check out a Bible study. You know, there's a million of them online. We have a ton of resources here at the church. You can always yep. talk to any of us, professional Christians yep. on staff. Like, <laughs> if you're worried about that silo, teach someone, disciple someone, get yep. a group of people to talk about it. Like, then you won't be a silo. You'll be engaging people and sharing that knowledge. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Last two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, contemplatives. Uh, you worship God best through adoration. You love digging into a good book or engaging in a thoughtful discussion. Um, The suggestions here are grow in your personal time with God, um, practice thinking rightly about God, spend time reflecting on and journaling about who God is and his characteristics, and learn what it means to take your faith from your head to your heart. Um, Yeah, these people are, I'm just picturing like a chair and a journal and somebody who wants to sit and like write and be with God for just like hours and hours. Or spend time with one person. Yeah. Yeah. Not a group. Yep. This is a golden retriever through and through often. Like, so that's a reference to the disc personality profile, but a person who's, uh, relationship oriented, you know, but also not, uh, is an introvert. Yep. So even their relationship with God is an introverted Yep. Uh, deep relationship. Their relationships with others are often like individual relationships, yep. not like, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. Not in a big group. Um, and somebody who needs that time. Yep. They need the time. They need yeah. the quiet. They want to think yeah. deeply, go deeply. Yeah. I think this is also me a little bit. I have to think on things for a while before yeah. I like wrap my head around them. Um, and I mean, that's all things in life, but... Yeah, and you, and like, you would choose coffee with one person. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent of the time yep. to mm-hmm. like chew through it verbally, process, wrap my mind around it, yep. and then be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, okay, I know where to stand now. <laughs> I'm, I'm married to a golden retriever. Yep. I think it's funny that how people's uh, you end up kind of having your relationships be different types of people yeah. connected because they're almost the other end of the spectrum from yeah. who you are. Last one. Yeah. Uh, this is the ascetics. I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah. Cause I don't want to say it. Yeah. Uh, these are people that need quiet. It's not the same as aesthetics. Yep. It's ascetics. Yep. Okay. You need quiet and solitude and simplicity to feel close to God. So I, you know, in some ways kind of close to the contemplatives, uh, but different in the sense that you benefit from silence and you benefit from like a silent retreat away from your phone or from other external distractions. Yeah, I, I think focus more on that simplicity mm-hmm. because um, this is like my sister-in-law. She'll never listen to this podcast, neither my brother, but like my whole family makes fun of the idea that like when you open their cabinets, there's like, they're completely empty. There's like a plate, <laughs> a 
like one utensil. She better not ever come over to our house. There is like you're like, oh, do you have a She'd die. a spatula? No, we don't have any spatulas. <laughs> Why? Because she values simplicity. Yeah, like her closet is like five things. Yep, and they're like spaced yeah. perfectly. And, like, their house has no extra stuff in it at all. Like, my brother has to put things that he wants to keep, like, in a section of the garage that she won't see. Yeah. Like, you know, she's very – and she, yeah. I mean, as far as, like, Christian faith, like, mm-hmm. that would be a whole other conversation. But I think people who really appreciate simplicity yep. and quiet and solitude and, you know, I think that's who we're talking about here. Yep. Yeah. I, this is my mother – uh, she's talked about and is actually about to do it this spring. She wants to do a silent retreat for probably like a week, just her and her dog. Yo, knock yourself out. As part of her like grieving process from losing my dad last year. Yeah. Like, but also like to spend time with God. And I'm like, I could maybe do that for a day. Yo, uh, six hours. But like, it would be more distracting for me to be at a cabin with nothing. Yeah, I would ruin it for everyone there. <laughs> I, this is, Pastor Gary talked about this a few weeks like, ago, though, about the monk who wanted to go to the cabin in the woods for a month, yeah, and how it like would take you a day or two to when you were sick. Um, you said Pastor Gary? No, nope, sorry, Randy. Pastor Randy. Randy. Yes, yeah. sorry, sorry about that. Yep. Um, Freudian slip. Pastor sorry. Randy. We had a Pastor Gary here for a while. He was a long great. time ago. He's great. Um, but yeah, like oh, this like to go to a cabin in the woods that like doesn't have a TV, doesn't have. Oh, this just sounds so great to me. I just, I just want it. Yeah. What's isn't there like some French uh, monastery in France that like you can go there for like a week or two, and they there's no like TV, there's know. no nothing. They have you do chores. Those exist all over the place. You can, oh, really? Yeah, you can. There's, there's some big one in France yeah. that like a tunnel like. Um, I'm trying to think when I went. I I think it was when I lived in New Jersey. I went to a Catholic uh, one where it was just it was a silent place. Yeah. You were in a lot. Like there was times where you could talk quietly, mm-hmm. like uh-huh. during dinner. Yeah. Like yeah. so, because you had to communicate with people. Yeah. The rest of the day was all quiet. But time. I don't want to be around anybody else. Yeah, yeah. You weren't. It was so big <laughs> that it almost felt like there was no one there. I, I don't want to yeah. see other people. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get. I get. What I want to be by myself. Yeah. Um. I. See, but I know this is not everybody's thing. No. Like no. And it's it. And you can't been, make it everybody's thing because it wouldn't be restful. Yeah. Like I could fly you out to a cabin in the woods and mm-hmm. like leave you there but it wouldn't be restful no. for you and you wouldn't come back I, i've been place. looking at a airbnb that's like north of Gramaray that mm-hmm. is like on a lake and it just faces like it's a small little yeah kind of cabiny <laughs> deal it's on, on someone's property I'm already on board it's it's got a sauna it's quiet it's got like skylights yeah. above the bed like it's got you know you sleep and you can see the the water like it's beautiful i can smell the campfire already however I'm going with Marty. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to go alone and I don't want to be quiet. Like, yeah. And I'm going to work during yep. the day. I need to do something. Otherwise, I'm going to tear yep. things apart. Like, I'm yeah. going to eat sure. someone's shoes. Like, yeah. I'm going to be like a puppy who has too much energy. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. So I think the difference between like contemplatives and ascetics is that contemplatives, like, they just need to internalize and process and think. Mm-hmm. Ascetics need to have simplicity. Yeah. They need to have quiet. Like they almost they, gain energy by their surroundings. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so like some of the things that they can do is like uh, there's a book called, you know, Following Jesus' Footsteps of Solitude. And so it's very like meditative on like thinking about Jesus and your Savior. You know, there's a bunch of different like 
habits and different things you can do, but really it's talking about striving to simplify your life by removing extra activities yep. is really what it's about. Don't just remove stuff, remove stuff from your schedule. Yeah. yeah. And then just pursue pure and simple devotion time, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. You know, well, I think that kind of puts a bow on the series. Um, and I just wanted to make sure we landed on the idea that like when you do Sabbath, if you're incorporating worship time and rest restoration time, yep. And uh, rest time that your worship time does not need to look like you singing hymns yeah. or listening to KTIS yep. while you work in the garage. Like it's if it's restoration time, it's bringing you joy. It's bring like yep. again, me and Miles can be working on Game Boys. Yeah. We're working, but also we're just hanging out. We're relaxed. Something that's filling your cup, yes. opposed to something that like right. you're having to pour your energy out I'm getting, into. I'm getting something done. I'm not frustrated. I don't yep. probably have a screen going. Yeah. We're just relaxed. We're just hanging out. We're chatting like this. It's connection time that can be considered work for somebody who might yep. be frustrated and hating every minute of it. Yep. But we're just tinkering, fooling around, having yeah. a good time. Um, I think the other, you know, that so that's restoration time, but also the rest time, taking a holy nap, making sure you're, <laughs> making sure you're doing something, yep. you know, sitting and watching, yeah. hanging out, relaxing. Uh, and then, you know, the worship time. And finding the ways that you worship yep. best. And that you can connect with God. It's really important. Yep. So, yeah. yeah. Rest it up, people. And the idea that this is way countercultural. Mm-hmm. You might have a really hard time jumping into a full Sabbath right away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would still recommend it, but it can be really yep. very counterintuitive, very countercultural might take you a while to get into the rhythm. Might take you a while to be comfortable owning that rhythm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and I think one of the big takeaways for all of us should be our culture is working against us in this regard, um, and even like the things that culture is telling us that we should do to rest are not all that restful, <laughs> like and restorative. <laughs> Screaming at the television, is and uh, we got we just got to work and we got to change, like you know, to to fight. We have to fight to restore these practices and balance and rest into our life. And it's super important. And this is one of those things. If you're not doing it well, it kind of bleeds over into almost every aspect of your life and it can be very detrimental. You know, it can be detrimental to your relationships, to loved ones, to family, to your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual health. And, uh, it can be detrimental to your career and to your work. Um, if you don't yeah. think you need this in your life, I would recommend first going back and listening to the first podcast in this, or the first sermon in this series, but also picking up the book Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Homer, because I think it will help you see mm-hmm. yeah. that you are missing something. Yeah. So. yeah. Or call us and come have lunch. It's a we'll chat. super easy book to read and an even easier book to listen to. So yeah. if you're interested, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, have a great week, and uh, we will be back next week uh, talking about this Sunday's message and a new sermon series and uh, all things wonderful. So, you know, as always, we invite your comments and questions, and so uh, it's probably a little late to drop those in the chat if you're watching us right now live, but you can always email us at office at pursuitcommunity.church. You can talk to us uh, as staff individually. You can catch us on a Sunday. Uh, There's a ton of ways to communicate with us. So uh, love you guys and uh, have a great week. Yep. See you later. See ya. See ya.